done with winter. Now here in Missouri, winter doesn't start till about March, it seems, lately. So that kind of messes me up. But once, once January hits, I'm already looking for, for spring. I'm looking to start fishing. I've got, you know, I start dreaming about crappie fishing, and, and it's that season. It's, it's the season of youth week. It's the season of, of renew uh, the marriage retreat that they put on. And so uh, it's not always good to live your life according to seasons because you tend to kind of forget what's happening right now. Uh, then once you get to about uh, April, it's time to start thinking about school being done. And then it's, it's Memorial Day, and then it's the summer. and uh, Summer seems to fly by, and all the young people that are in school say amen, because you know how that is. <laughs> and then it's school, and, and as soon as school starts, immediately my mind says, well, Labor Day is right around the corner. And then uh, after Labor Day, it, it, it's, it's uh, opening day of uh, bow season for deer. That's September 15th. That's a national holiday in my life. And, uh, and then when, after that, it's men's conference and sometimes during the same weekend. And, and, and then October 4th, just in case you're wondering, is my birthday. So that makes me start looking forward to my birthday. And then as soon as my birthday comes, it's Christmas. How many of you, I mean, did, has anybody ever noticed that even right now there's starting to get some Christmas decorations in some places? Anybody notice that? Kind of frustrating. I mean, I do love Christmas, and I've been known to sing and play Christmas carols in July. But uh, in the middle of, of, of Halloween, that's a huge holiday for whatever reason. Just crazy how much people go in on that. And then, uh, then, then you have this little holiday that people seem to forget. It's overshadowed by a thing called Black Friday, which is now called Black Thursday because it starts on Thursday. But this little thing called Thanksgiving. And at our church, we, we do something during the Thanksgiving holidays. Uh, we take the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, and we always do a Thanksgiving service here. This is kind of a, a push towards that. We set up tables here in the middle, and we bring some desserts. And we just give everybody a chance to, to testify and to say how great God is. But I'd like to tell you today that if the only time you sit and reflect about the goodness of God is at Thanksgiving, you're missing out on a great uh, blessing of life. There's a, a, a song, I think it was written in 1970. Some of you who are a little older than I am might recall it. But uh, it, it was called The Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. And uh, I've heard it lately. It's been kind of resurrected. But there's a main line of that song that's repeated several times and. You don't have to raise your hand and say you know it, but I know you'll probably go home and be singing it, those of you that do. But it says, don't it always seem that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? Anybody at least know that phrase? Maybe you don't know the song, but you know what I'm talking about. You don't know what you, or, or you don't know how good you have it until you don't have it anymore. It, it's called taking for granted. And and to be honest, I, I just in, in this transparency, uh, the, the loss of Brother Dugas has kind of hit pretty close to home. That was uh, the pastor that I got closest to. I remember all the other pastors of my life, but, you know, when you're a little kid, you don't quite connect to pastors. But we, I was 11 when we moved into Hazelwood and Florissant area and, and went, began to go to Flow Valley. And, and uh, he has a, a profound influence on my life. I've noticed after 10 years of pastoring, I pastor a lot like his style, and I just happens but I was I was prepared I, I had it already scheduled I was going to go see him yesterday 
and he passed away on Monday. I didn't get to see him. I wanted to so bad. And you get those moments. You don't know what you have until you don't. In life, it seems to be so true. And it seems to be so true when it comes to the presence and the things of God that sometimes we just take for granted the blessing of God. We take for granted the things that God does in our life. And we just kind of go through life. And then all of a sudden, we kind of look back and realize God's been good to me and I never did anything about it. One of my favorite... Now, I've never heard him preach. I, I honestly have no idea how he preaches. But there's a gentleman by the name of Jeff Strite that, that I, I love to read. He, he takes his sermons and he puts them in, in a manuscript form and you can read them. And I love to read it, he, just the, the way he is. And, and, and maybe today I might pull a few things uh, out of that because I, I like what he has to say about this. But you, you just don't know. It, it's hard to, find, to, to realize how many things in life we take for granted. You're going to go home tonight. And you're going to walk into your house and you're going to flip on the light switch and you're going to just assume the lights are going to come on and they will. You're going to, you know, open your refrigerator and there's going to be all sorts of food in your refrigerator, hopefully. If not, you need to go grocery shopping. But you can go there and your refrigerator is going to be cold. You're going to get up in the morning, jump in the shower and turn it on and it should be good hot water. Uh, I don't know, uh, those of you that go to Urshan, does it, is it still hot or is it freezing cold like it was when I was there? It was awful when I was there. I, I, uh, I lived a half, about a mile away from, from Gateway, and my sophomore year I decided that I wanted to get away from mom and dad, and so I went and lived on campus. And I had fun, but I realized I liked my mom's cooking better, and she did my laundry sometimes, and so I went back home and spent the last two years of college at home and figured it was better to live at home because there it was hot water and good food and all of that. Anybody ever ran out of gas before? You know what's cool right now, at least for me? I can run out of gas. I can pull up my Geico app and they'll bring me gas to my car. I don't have to get out and do it. Something about it. You know, we take all these things for granted, but there's a lot of places that doesn't have it. I remember when Hurricane uh, uh, Rita came through Louisiana and it hit a lot where my family is and they were without power for a very long time. They had to go to the prison up the road and there they could get a case of water and a cooler full of ice and they could come back. Uh, they, they couldn't keep it going so they had big block parties. My grandparents live on kind of a, a big one mile uh, circle block and if I remember correctly a lot of them got together and they just took things that were thawing and they, they cooked everything they could and just kind of had a communal dinner. When Hurricane Sandy slammed into New York and New Jersey Thousands were without power and it was very bad. It didn't happen. Emergency supplies dwindled. Drinkable water was in short supply and gasoline. You couldn't find any. And all of a sudden people realized you never know what you have until it's gone. I'm so used to driving up to the pump, getting out and pumping my gas. But some of you, in fact, my parents lived through it a little bit. Some of you have lived through the oil embargo in the 70s. And you know what it's like to have lines at the gas pump. You know what it's like in some of our war times to have to ration things but I, I want to I'm not really wanting to talk to you about that I want to talk to you about the spiritual things of life that you need to make sure you don't wait until it's too late to appreciate the blessings that God has given you and if you're here today and you've got your Bible I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms 103 and I want to read it in its entirety and then I want to take some time to go back and, and just hopefully let you see it 
uh, a little bit differently. Some of you, the the first part is going to sound very familiar because we sing an old song that, that has these exact words in it. But the psalmist begin to write. Are you ready? Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed up like the eagle. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He'll not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower in the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it's gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, to those that remember his commandments, to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in heaven, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, you angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments hearkening unto the voice of his word and bless ye the Lord all ye host the ministers of his that do his pleasure bless the Lord all of his works in all the places of his dominion bless the Lord oh my soul that's a powerful statement there's a lot of times that I'm tempted brother Cozart to not necessarily bless the Lord oh my soul but woe is me oh my soul anybody ever had a pity party <laughs> The, the, the first thing that helps you bless the Lord, because if I said bless the Lord, it, it's kind of a, an up in the air thing. What does it really mean to bless the Lord? Well, one of the easiest ways to remember to bless the Lord is to never forget His benefits. When we, if we ever get to the place where we forget what God has done, we'll become ungrateful and we'll take it for granted. I, walk, I heard a story of a woman that walked into a grocery store the day before Thanksgiving and was very upset with the size of turkeys that were left. She waited too long. Uh, they had a big sale on, on soda uh, this weekend. and We were going to get it. It was like, I don't remember what it was, four for, four for $10, you know, four 12-packs for $10, just ridiculous price. And so we were going to get it and save the church some money and, you know, get it for the picnic. And we waited too long, and there was like eight boxes of soda left. So I have one box of strawberry Fanta. I have, hey, Brother, Brother Hera, I did find a box of Diet Mountain Dew just for you, except you can't do it anymore because you're on that whole 30, so there you go. How's that for uh, Job's comforters? Take that and kick you while you're down. But it's going to be there right there staring at you. I think I have one box of regular Mountain Dew and got a couple boxes of Diet Pepsi. I think that's for Brother Neely. I think he's a Diet Pepsi man. But, uh, you know, you, you, you wait too long. It's not there. And so this lady walked in the day before Thanksgiving, and she was kind of upset 
that you know everybody got the best turkeys and she snippishly uh, uh, said to the stock boy don't these turkeys get any bigger and he said no ma'am they're dead <laughs> you ever met people kind of like that they, they live in an incredible place we're, we're in America and while there's a lot of struggle and turmoil I'd rather live in America than anywhere else in the world and we're so blessed and we take it for granted and the attitude of some that just don't realize how blessed they are and they walk around negative they walk around just always with their head down it's because they've forgotten the benefits of the Lord in 1988 there's an incredible story that took place in 1988 there was a Polish railroad worker by the name of Jan Grebski, I believe. He was hit by a train in 1988, and he lived, but only barely. For the next 19 years, he lived in a coma. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Poland, in 1988, he, he, or he, you know, he goes in this coma. For, for 19 years, until 2007, he was in a coma. And in 2007, when he woke up, he woke up to a whole new world. In 1988, Poland was a communist state. In 1988, meat was rationed. There were huge lines at every grocery store and gas station. And there was only tea or vinegar that you could buy at the shops in 1988 in Poland. But 19 years later, he awoke to a free nation. There were people on the streets with phones in their hands. And there were so many things on the shelves and the shops. It made his head spin. But he made this statement, and you can find it. It's recorded. They interviewed him. He made this statement that something puzzled. He said, it amazes me that all of these people walk around and they can have anything they want in the stores and they've got phones in their hand and they never stop moaning and complaining they had freedom they had food they had wealth more than Poland had seen in decades and yet when he awoke and saw that he found that it seemed all people wanted to do was complain so I want to tell you today look what the Lord has done there's about six things that are here, and I'm not going to give you a long list of it or take a lot of time, but just look at it. He who forgiveth all thine iniquities. And I think it's very interesting that when David began to pin this, the first thing that he began to look back on his life, he looked back and said, I know the life that I lived. I know the sin that I've committed. I know the iniquity that's in my heart, but I bless the Lord because he's forgiven me of my sin. I bless the Lord because he's healed my body. Now, there, there, there's two ways that David recognized the healing of his body. The first one is the way you and I think of it. He healed my body. I was sick and now I'm healed. But there's a lot of times that they would use sickness and disease to equate sin in the life that someone's living. And so David, I think, kind of said, I'm doubly blessed. He healed my life when I've been sick, but he also healed my body from that disease called sin. And he redeemed my life from destruction there's so many times David said there were enemies that were coming my way that wanted to destroy me but God kept his hand on me <laughs> but on the other hand there was a lot of times that I was hell bent to destroy myself and God was right there helping me 
And then there were other things that God should have destroyed me because of my sin. And he should have taken me out, but he didn't. He redeemed my life from destruction. And instead of repaying me for that guilt, instead of repaying me how I, what I owed, he instead crowned me with love and mercy. He satisfies my mouth with good things. And that's not talking about you know, crawfish etouffee and gumbo and, and uh, uh, Sister, Sister Kay's chocolate eclair cake. That's not what he means right there. It, it, it's a spiritual thing that he begins to talk about. And he renews my youth like an eagle's. Now here's what I want you to notice on this. When David looks back on all the things that he could bless God for, I want you to notice he didn't bless God because of the palace that he had. He didn't bless God because of his money or his car or chariot or his job or his possessions. And if I'm not careful, when I begin to bless the Lord, that's where I lean to. Thank you for a roof over my head. Thank you for, you know, car I can drive. Thank you for, for, for clothes I can wear. But I find it very interesting that that's not what propelled David to bless the Lord. Why in the world would David focus on those things and perhaps Jeff Strite could help you out because this is what Jeff Strite said. He said the conclusion I came to was this. The things that David mentioned, I can't lose those things and the world can't take those things away from me. I can lose my loved ones. I can lose my home. I can lose my clothes. I can lose my car. I could even lose the church I go to. I can lose my ability to sing or preach. But the world and the enemy can't take away the things that David began to bless. It's a Job mentality. You can take all that I possess, but I'm still going to bless you. And, and I, I think perhaps it's, it's a little bit indicative of why Jesus preached the Sermon of the Mount and this is what he said. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust does destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Can I just tell somebody today that you need to learn to thank Him for the heavenly treasures, not just the earthly things that you have in your life. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. He forgiveth me of my sins. He redeemeth me. He healeth my diseases. He crowns me with loving kindness and mercy. He satisfies my mouth with good things that I rise up like an eagle. Then after that, it begins to take it a little bit further. The Lord executeth oppression or righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. The Lord let Moses know his ways and his acts to the children of Israel. And I like this part. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. You ever met somebody that's just, just that close to blowing their top all the time? You walk around on eggshells because you never know what's going to happen. If anybody should be aggravated with me, mom and dad, they should be aggravated with me. I, I put them through a lot. Any of the gray hair that my mama has, well, th that came from my brother, but... Um, but you understand where I'm getting at. I'm glad they didn't kick me out. They probably could have. They probably could have thrown me out and said, you know what, I'm tired of you. But I'm glad the Lord is merciful and gracious. He'll not always chide us. That means he's not always going to ride us. He's not always going to kind of be punishing us. Neither will he keep his anger forever. 
And, and verse 10 is very interesting. It says this. It says, he has, not all, or, or he has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us for our iniquities. Here's the point. The wages of sin is death. And the Lord has every right that if you sin, he snaps his fingers and you're done. He's sovereign, he's God, he's just. And the law says the wages of sin is death. And there were some places in the Bible that judgment was instantaneous. There were some places where somebody sinned and instantly they were gone. In fact, in my daily devotional reading, and it's one of those places of scripture that kind of is hard for me to wrap my head around, Brother Sorrels, but I read the place where Elisha was walking down the street and about 80-something children or 40-something children began to make fun of his bald head and, and he turned around and, and kind of cursed them and a bear came out and ate them all up. Not exactly sure how that works. I mean, I don't know that they were baby children. There's a lot of people that have got stories, but, you know, that judgment was pretty swift. But I'm glad the Lord hasn't treated me that way. He hasn't dealt with me after my sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And then it goes on to say as high as the heaven is above the earth. So great is his mercy toward him that feareth. Unless somebody say, well, there's a limit to the height. He says, well, let me tell you, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. I know most of you know this, but just in case there's one person here that doesn't know it, I want you to picture a globe. You could take off right now and you could go down Highway 70 and let, let's get an airplane, that way we can cross the, the oceans. And you could go uh, east. And you could go east and circle all the way around the globe until you fly over O'Fallon. And you could do that as long as you had gas and as long as you could do it. And you would never be going west. The same is different if you go north because if I left here and I went north, at some point I'm going to cross over the North Pole and when I cross over the North Pole, I'm going to be going south and I can go south so far as the South Pole and then I'm going to go north again. That's why he says as far as the east is from the west. What it means is when the Lord takes your sin, when the Lord removes that sin from you, when that redemption draws nigh and the blood that we sing about in the glory to his name, the blood is applied to your life. He takes that sin so far away, you're never going to be reunited with the sin that he removes. And David begins to write about that and it began to understand what Jesus said in Mark chapter 8. What would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his soul? You could be as wealthy as, as you want to be. You could have the wisdom of Solomon. You could have all the health and never be sick a day in your life. And all of those, you could still die and go to hell. Unless our sin is dealt with. If the sin isn't dealt with, you're separated from God. For sin separates us from the presence of God. And so unless your sin, unless my sin has been forgiven by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you'll never know the blessing of living life eternally with heaven. I'm reminded every time there's a funeral. I'm reminded every time someone passes. I'm reminded every time I hear it, it's because there is an eternity coming. There is an eternity coming. It's appointed unto man once to die and then... The judgment. Now listen, I love this life here. I do, I really do. I, I live for the moment. I love 
enjoying life and, and, and I want to make sure I got money in the bank account and I want uh, you know a nice car to drive and I want to be able to jump on the boat and go fishing and I want to hang with my kids but if this is the only thing that God blesses me in I'm going to be lost that song said it best someday that gate's going to swing open someday that trumpet's going to sound and I want the blessings of God to be able to step that next step on the golden streets and run my hands down of walls of jasper. And I want to be able to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me because God has taken care of my sin. He forgives our sin. He doesn't treat you the way you deserve to be treated. He doesn't repay you according to the debt that you owe as a sinner. But instead, as high as the heavens are above the earth, as far as the east is from the west, he removes that transgression from us and that 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 cross that we talk about at Easter time and the death and the burial and the resurrection, the gospel of Jesus Christ has allowed you and I to say, bless the Lord, he's cleansed me and made me whole. Verse 14, he knows our frame and he remembers that we're dust. The psalmist takes these words because he knows something about it. As for man, his days are as grass, the flower of the field, and you flourish. But the wind blows, the sun comes up, and that that grass is gone and you don't even see where it is. Can I help you out? Look at your neighbor and say, you're not all that impressive. You're, 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 you're not all that. In a... You're not all that impressive. You're not all that in a bag of chips. You're fragile. You're weak. You, you, you're not all that smart. You're not all that incredible. In fact, when you compare this frame to the heavens that God has created in the cosmos, I'm pretty much just a speck. But yet in all that, he kicked out the most beautiful angel of all, Lucifer. He kicked him out and threw him out of heaven. And yet he looks at this old broken down sinner. He says, I love you. And even when you ain't all that impressive, he knows your frame. He knows that from dust you were formed and from dust you'll return. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to everlasting. Go back to verse 4 that we read. He crowns you with love and mercy. He pours out his love and mercy on you. Your cup runneth over. He loves you. He loves you. Loves you more than life itself. He loves you more than your mom or your dad. He loves you more than your spouse. He loves you more than anything else. And even while we were yet sinners, 
Christ died for us. The Lord prepares his throne in the heavens. His kingdom ruleth over all. So bless the Lord, you angels. Those angels that excel in strength, that fly, that, that do the bidding of the Lord. There's angels that bear his throne. Look at all of the responsibilities of angels throughout the word of God. Bless the Lord, you angels. Bless the Lord, all ye hosts. Bless the Lord, all you ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all of his works in all the places of his dominion. Let me tell you what the Lord's dominion is. This is what God's dominion is. You ready? The Lord reigns in heaven. The Lord reigns on earth. And the Lord reigns in hell. There's a few words you could use to describe what the, Lord, what, what the Bible says hell. One, is, one is, is, is Sheol, the grave. The Lord reigns even over the grave. The other is, is, is uh, Hades, the place of the dead. Lord reigns there too. The Bible says when, when, when Jesus died on the cross, he went down into the graves and he brought some people back. He went down into hell and got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And, and he holds them in his hands. He reigns in heaven. He reigns on earth. And he reigns even in hell. So bless the Lord all his works and all the places of his dominion. But then David ends it. He says it's not about do the angels bless him. It's not about does the dominions bless him. It's not about, about does the constellations and the galaxies and the hills and the cedars. And you can read Psalms and other places. It talks about the cedars skipping and the mountains skipping. And there's a lot of praise that the creation of God does. But David didn't sit back and go, all right, Mount Everest, you better praise him. David doesn't sit back and say, okay, everybody else, you need to praise him. He ends it as he began. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I want us to stand. I like, and I think you catch this from me, I like visual images and pictures. I like it when it paints a story and it paints a picture. The parables do that for me. I've used and try to use illustrations when I preach. But I came across an illustration that just makes so much sense. There was a conference at a Presbyterian church in Omaha. When they entered the conference, they were given, each of them given a helium-filled balloon. And they were told at the beginning of that service, that whenever you felt like expressing the joy in your heart, whenever you would just want to say hallelujah and praise the Lord, and I'm not, I'm not picking on the Presbyterians, but that particular church, they didn't have a lot of demonstrative worship. They weren't used to lifting up their hands as we do a lot. They weren't used to, you know, shouting hallelujah. It was a very reserved congregation. And so they were given that balloon. As the service began to progress over in one corner, balloon went up. Maybe it was accidentally, who knows, but over here another balloon went up. And all throughout the services, balloons ascended. But when it was over, there was at least a third of the audience that hadn't let their balloon go. 
Can I just tell you today, that's kind of pointless to hold on to the balloons. Sometimes you just got to lift your hands and say, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless His name. Sometimes all that's within me is a little turmoil and strife, but that's okay. With all that is within me, bless your holy name. Some of you walked through some debilitating sicknesses in your life, and it seemed at the moment all you could think about was the sickness. But it was at that moment that you could lift up a feeble hand and say, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Maybe life has thrown you a curve and there's a little stress and you can't even seem to kind of call your way up. It's okay. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Sometimes you walk on the mountaintop. So I'm going to tell you, when you're walking on the mountaintop, throw your hands up and say, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. But sometimes you walk in the valley low. That's all right, because the same psalmist that wrote Psalms 103 also wrote Psalms 23. And he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So even in the valley, I say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We've got a little bit of time. I ended a little earlier than normal. So I wonder if all across this building, if there's anybody that would like to let that balloon go, if there's anybody here that would like to raise a hand and let the praises and the blessings from your life begin to rise to heaven as they play and sing. Why don't we spend the rest of this time blessing the Lord in the name of Jesus.